Today's episode of Let's Talk is sponsored by Reform Theological Seminary's online learning program, RTS Global. Stick around to learn more. Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network. We are here to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. If you're enjoying this podcast, we hope you will spread the word about it on social media. My name is Jackie Hill Perry, and I'm here with Melissa Kruger and Jasmine Holmes. Jasmine, tell us, tell all of the saints, what are we talking about today? We are talking about fighting fear and anxiety. Yes, I... So many of the episodes, I think all of us are like, okay, this is the one that I feel comfortable talking about. I like have a book about it, or I have been through it a lot of my life, or this is an area of expertise, and this is my moment. (laughs) Shine on. This is my moment, because if you want to talk about anxiety and fear... I got it. I got it down. I got you. I got it. Um, We talked last season about how when I was a kid, I was very, very intense about my prayer like the night prayer if I should die before I wake I pray mm-hmm. the Lord I like I would literally like some people just pray that just like wrote and I would be praying it like no no really <laughs> I hope I wake up tomorrow I hope I wake up tomorrow do you hear me God like I am saying these words I would like walk downstairs and make sure my parents hadn't been raptured I'm just like because <laughs> I figured if the rapture happened my parents would be gone of all people. Of yeah. all people. So yeah. I was like, they'd be gone. So as long as my dad is still in his bed, like, because he snores. So I'm like, as long as I can still hear dad snoring, the rapture hasn't happened yet. So, you know, lots of uh, lots of fear and anxiety in my life. Uh, but enough about my neurosis. Um, what about y'all? What are y'all's experiences? I don't think I knew this was anxiety until I was older. But just the social anxiety I've experienced my entire life, like, uh, one I think pivotal moment was like we had moved homes therefore we moved school districts mm-hmm. um, after second grade and so third grade I started school a week after it had already started in this new school and we went into the classroom and all of the kids and I don't know why she my mama had me show up an hour late like let me get acclimated while everybody else is getting acclimated but anyway I showed up to the class and all of the kids start staring at me and I just start crying in the front of the class and it's just like I know why I was crying because I was overwhelmed but I didn't know how to deal with that mm-hmm. you know and that's just kind of carried me throughout my life which is the irony of what I have to do now is stand in front of people that stare at you you know <laughs> but I, guess, I guess that's probably one of the mainstays of anxious thoughts in my entire existence is mm. people yeah people make me anxious yeah that's a good question like what I think I'm I'm anxious and we're going to get to this in the next episode when I'll be the professional or a couple episodes. When yeah. I, it's pleasing people. Mm-hmm. So that's why actually I think sometimes I think I might like to be alone because then I don't, I'm not thinking about someone else. Right. Um, and so I do think I have this. And school was fairly good for me in that because if you just obey the rules you please the teacher yeah. right you know I mean it was really straightforward this is what you do and so you just do that and so it was it was okay but mm-hmm. relationships with women can mm-hmm. be tricky mm-hmm. and I think you know 
it's kind of like this. When you hear someone saying something about another friend, you're thinking, oh, do I do that? Mm. You know, and so I think I have, I think I have some of that, but the, I would say some of some of my fears developed later in life. What about you all? Like, did you have the same fears you had young, or no, did things? I definitely have a whole new set of fears. Yeah. What are some of the new ones that come in adulthood? A lot of them are related to death, <laughs> like yeah. death of my children, death of my husband, the fear of aging. Um, even though I'm only you know 31, in mm-hmm. my mind I'm like, ooh, 40 mm-hmm. is like close now, and then 50. <laughs> And how will I look? It, like just these stupid yeah. things and thoughts that I I never had before. Financial anxieties. Mm-hmm. I think that might be one of the most preeminent ones in my mm-hmm. life, which is like, will be will we be okay? You know, and we're we're always okay. I don't yeah. I don't even know why that's always a thought. It's just like the manna has always been pouring down, Jackie. But I just always get afraid that you know we won't have quail. Yeah, as you age, there are so many more things. I remember when I had young kids. My my son was a darter. You know, he would just dart. Oh, yeah. Because it sounded like you said your son was a daughter, which is funny. Because it's like, wow, well, is he a son or? Yeah, let's like, talk about, wow. let's talk about like, that. that. Might go into a different a daughter conversation. <laughs> this is a different episode than what we had intended. Sorry. He was like, even in the nursery at church, we had these partitions, but they had a they had about you know a foot space at the bottom of him. He would sneak under those things. He would get out. He was, he'd get out of his crib. He would run to the street. And I just had this huge weight that I carried every day of, can I just keep him alive? Mm -hmm. You know, and it just, it weighed on me. Mm -hmm. And I can remember thinking finally, because at two, you can discipline it and say, hey, don't dart in the street. But you can't really be assured they're going to obey. Yeah. Right. You know, and you can do everything you can to hope, but it takes one time mm-hmm. of yeah. running away from you yeah. or, or getting lost in a crowd or whatever it might be. And so motherhood awakened all these fears. The kid leashes were made for Yes, for, for like children you. like mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My fears have always been the same. I'm just <laughs> what are your fears? The same. The Ex- same. Explain. I still, I, um, my eschatology is different, so I don't check for the rapture anymore. But I definitely, every night when I go, every morning when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm still here. <laughs> this is you, so nice. You think you'll die? Yeah. That's- Somehow. Or like every time I get on a plane, I'm like, I hope my affairs are in order because this, this puppy's going down. I just know it. I just know it. And... To clarify, I have a diagnosed anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just so I have anxiety and depression, and I'm I take medication for yeah. that. So mine might be a little bit more yeah. pronounced mm-hmm. than other people's because mine is literally clinical. And but, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, is it because I think I have friendships where anxiety is more of a thing mm-hmm. for a person, and it, it it gets beyond just throwing a scripture their way. Like, right. God cares for you. Cast those cares. It's like. Right. No, this is actually a heavier, heavier uh, burden for you than I can even relate to. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it's a matter of personality and just the way your brain is set up? I think sometimes it can be. I know yeah. for me, like I've struggled with anxiety my entire life mm-hmm. and I was very, I was dismissed all the time. Mm-hmm. It would just be like, you know, Jasmine, she's high strung. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Jasmine, like she's really, she's just dramatic. She's just really emotional. And... So then instead of it being something that I was taught to kind of deal with and mm-hmm. work through, I was taught to suppress it because it was this embarrassing part mm-hmm. of my personality. 
Um, and it wasn't until adulthood and pregnancy, it, it was something that I could always cope with hmm. until I got pregnant. Hmm. And then whatever hormonal things were going on in my body, my body was like, we can't, we can't cope with this anymore. So I remember I was at a, um, a midwife visit and I was filling out an intake form because they do a perinatal de- depression screening. Um, and I was like 18 weeks and it asked questions like, how often do you think about death? Or like, how often do you think about something bad happening to your baby? Or how often do you stay up at night thinking about bad outcomes? And so on all of, like on every single question, I felt 10 Hmm. across the board. But I was like, they're going to think that I'm crazy if I circle 10. (laughs) So I circled sevens Mm -hmm. and eights. So then I was sitting in with my midwife and she was like, Jasmine, you know, I really, sevens and eights are high. You thought it was like middle ground. Oh man, like really? She was like, "Yeah, sevens and eights are really high. Like we're gonna have to do something about that." Like this is this is an issue. This is a problem. And it was the first time that somebody had treated me like Hmm. it was something more than just a lack of self control Mm -hmm. or a lack of faith. That they treated it like it was something clinical and something that I needed help with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started going to therapy around 18, 19 weeks of my firstborn and just talking about and facing some things that I had been anxious about and wrestling with my entire life mm-hmm. really helped. And then with my second born, again, another wave of anxiety and um, just like I would like drive up to my house and nobody would be inside and I'd be afraid to get out of my car. Hmm. And I would call my husband and be like, he would be like at a meeting or something and I'd be like, I can't get out of my car. And he's like, well, what do you think is going to happen? I was like, I don't know. Hmm. I just can't. Like, I just can't. I can't get out of the car. After the baby was born, I was like, I'm having thoughts about hurting myself. I'm having thoughts about hurting my kid. Like what? So just more so Mm -hmm. than just, hey, Jasmine, just like calm down. Just be. And I think that it's important to talk about kind of that spectrum um, because sometimes it is a matter of, okay, you just need to calm down, take a deep breath, and be reminded of who God is. Yeah. And sometimes in order to be able to calm down and take that deep breath and be reminded of who God is, you need some extra help. Hmm. Um, and I think that that needs to be, especially for, for anybody really, but especially the, um, I have a, an, a special passion for um, perinatal and postpartum depression, mm-hmm. just because it's something that I really, really dealt with. Mm-hmm. And anxiety and fear played a big part in that for me. Yeah, I think we don't talk about that enough as women. We, we have real hormones mm-hmm. that change at different times of the month in a different way or when we're pregnant or um, what happened to me was actually later in life. I had never had any mm. prenatal or postnatal depression. I had always, I was so thankful. Mm-hmm. I had really felt a lot of joy when I had children. But one day I was standing up on stage teaching 400 women I've taught my whole life. You know, as a high school teacher, I've never felt any nervousness or anxiety about mm-hmm. it. That's just what I felt created to do. Yeah. And I'm standing on stage, and my hands start shaking, and my, my yeah, I feel like my heart is thudding out of my chest. And I keep speaking, but I'm having this. Normally, I'm engaged with the audience mm-hmm. and I'm talking, and I I love doing this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, I need to read my notes type thing like I couldn't it wasn't just like nervous excitement Mm -hmm. I think it was a panic attack Mm -hmm. is what I think was was happening and I I could you know and it was 
you know, normally you also settle in. So you get into it and you're like, okay, I felt right. a little nervous or whatever. Now I'm fine. But the whole time, all I wanted to do was sit down. I was like, what is wrong with me? Mm. And I went to my doctor and talked to her about it. And she <laughs> told me, and I hate being the old person. She was like, well, sometimes at your age, you know, in pre-menopause, hormones are shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can get a surge all at once and just anxiety or even depression can happen to a lot of women in this mm-hmm. stage. And I think we don't, maybe there's shame around yes, anxiety yeah, and depression. So we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. But these were, for me, it was so clear because it was an area of my life that I've always felt no anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was clear something different happened mm-hmm. that wasn't, just, oh, I'm feeling nervous about something. You know, it was just like, it was this completely different thing. And so she was just so helpful to talk to. Mm -hmm. And so in this discussion, I think when we see it arise in really strange places, like after a baby Mm -hmm. or before baby Mm -hmm. even, it's so important to talk to our doctors and just ask, because they actually know. She knew this was normal. Right. I didn't know this was normal because... I didn't even know I was premenopausal. <laughs> you know, so I was like, oh, I am. Thanks for that news. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that news. And, you know, and, but, but just to have a doctor say, hey, this isn't unusual. Right. You know, this is, other things happen later in life too. Like your blood pressure gets high or your blood sugar goes low. I mean, you yeah. know, this is a normal part of it. And mm-hmm. I do think it's so helpful if you're having it. And, and I think the difference for me was, I also couldn't then let go of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost started this anxious cycle. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I finally went in and talked to her, it was just so helpful to hear, okay, this is what this is. You know, here's, and, and, and you know, it's both a trusting of the Lord and talking to your doctor because yeah. you have to even trust them that you have these feelings, yep. which is not what you want to have. But it was just so helpful to talk to someone about it. So mm-hmm. we, we definitely encourage if you're having, clinical anxiety, go talk to someone. Well, and if you're just like feeling, yeah, because I think for me, I didn't even really know what my personality was until I became an adult because I was able to get help Hmm. for this anxiousness and this depression and this and that, you know, realize like, oh, I don't actually cry at the drop of a hat or like, Hmm. oh, actually I like to keep my emotions close to my chest. I don't actually share those really freely and oh, but I didn't realize that about myself because I was so couched in anxiety, like everything, every aspect of my life was draped Mm. in anxiety. Um, And so, yeah, just knowing that I didn't have to live like that. Mm. I just found, I just found that out five years ago. Hey, Let's Talk listeners. My name is Melissa Kruger, and I'm so excited to share with you about our sponsor for this season, um, Reformed Theological Seminary. I have loved being a part of the community there for the past 20 years with my husband, Mike Kruger. He's the president at RTS Charlotte, and we love getting to be part of all that's going on there. Um, they have a lot of different degree programs. Jackie, you're going to be a student sure in am. the spring. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us anything about the degree programs? Well, you know, RTS offers uh, three Master's of Arts degree programs, and they are available 100% online. These degrees are perfect, I think, for anyone uh, who wants to just pursue full-time vocational ministry, interested in PhD work, the real smart people, or enhancing any of their gifts through theological education. Jasmine, your husband's also at RTS. He is. He's the vice president of communications at RTS. And a cool fact about us is that we met at an 
RTS-sponsored booth at the Gospel Coalition Conference. So you can find love at RTS? You can find love at RTS in TGC. <laughs> if you would like to join the online degree program, which granted is probably less of a chance to find <laughs> love there, you can study at your own pace, attend virtual classes, and you have regular interactions with your professors and teachers' assistants. Overall, you can just study in a way that suits you best. And if you want to find out more about the RTS a global degree program, you can go to rts.edu forward slash online. Can you tell the difference between what is kind of a chemical thing happening and then what's just fretfulness? Because you know that verse where it says, don't be anxious about anything. Mm -hmm. I think the word means like fretfulness. Like you're just playing something over in your head again and again and again. It says with that, but by prayer and petition, present your request to God Mm -hmm. and the peace of God. Quote the Bible. Which transcends understanding. Well, guard... I love the word guard there. It mm-hmm. means stand sentry. Mm-hmm. Teach us. We'll guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah. It's such a beautiful passage. But sometimes that's given as this Band-Aid, yeah. right. you know, wrongly. But So how do we tell when we're just fretting? You know, that we do need to take it to the Lord in prayer and trust Him mm-hmm. versus, okay, I have a, you know, I have a, a, a problem I need to talk to a doctor about. Right. Can you, do you all have any thoughts on how you... It's hard to discern. It is, but it's also like, just because I have a diagnosis doesn't mean that I also am not supposed to be casting my cares on the Lord. That diagnosis is part of the cares. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Um, Just because it's harder for me to do doesn't mean that it's not something that I'm committed to still do. Absolutely. I do the things that help me get to a place where I I can do it more easily, but I'm still commanded to do it. Hmm. Um, And I think we've been learning a lot in, I know I keep talking about Leviticus, but... I don't know, man. It's just changed my life over here. But um, how God set up the offerings where if you didn't have enough money to give a certain type of offering, there was like another option for you. Hmm. So it may be like a turtle dove as opposed mm-hmm. to a lamb. Or like, it's so, it's so interesting how God made provision so that people in all different financial places we're still able to come to him and make sacrifices to him and be made right with him. I am very weak in the area of anxiety and depression and fear. I struggle a lot, but God's made provision for me hmm. in his son. And so I come to him, I give, I give him what I have. Yeah. <laughs> and by God's grace, he multiplies that. By God's grace, he looks at that. He looks at me trying in my very feeble ways mm-hmm. to bring glory to mm-hmm. him. And through Jesus accepts that. And that's good news. Mm-hmm. Like whether I have to take a medication or not, that's good news. And so I try to remind myself of that and hold myself accountable for that, even while seeking help. Mm-hmm. Um, where I can get it. And from people who, like, I love that my therapist is a Christian therapist and understands that aspect of my life. Um, It's not a, I wouldn't say it's a a must, but it's definitely very helpful um, to be able to trust her and to be able to have her know the difference. Accountability is huge. So to have an older Christian woman who's like, sometimes she's like, she's taking me aside and said, you know, Jasmine, at this point, you just you just had a baby. I think it may be good if you talk to your doctor about adjusting your medication for this season. 
And then other times she's just like, Jasmine, you're spitting out mm. self-control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I yeah. know having somebody who knows me well enough to discern the differences is helpful because sometimes the voices in my head are like, they're just not trustworthy counselors. Yeah. 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 It, that's really good to have people who can help you. Oh, yeah. There's a new book that's out that is really good. It's on anxiety in teens. And we'll put it in the show notes because I can't remember the title of it right now. But what I love about it is there's a, there's a parent version and a teenage version. Because I think one thing we're seeing societally right now is a huge rise in anxious teens. Mm-hmm. And one thing I was reading about it that was so helpful, it talked about helping your teen get off the track. You know, it's kind of like what you were saying. Your brain gets on a track and you, you know, you're running and you're running and you're running. And it was helping them say, okay, let's get off this track and think through a new thought pattern. And it reminded me of the verse, take every, take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. You know, that there really, there are maybe some tools we can learn right. to help us fight yeah. anxiety. And I think one is actually being able to look at the thought and follow it out to the conclusion. Like, well, what would happen if you lost your job and mm-hmm. didn't have money? Okay, you know, let's follow that thought out. You know, or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes that can be helpful in fighting. But I think having people or even reading books that can help help our brains train to fight it yeah. is really helpful. In addition to having people we talk mm-hmm. to and having accountability. For sure. Yeah, I've so. had to, because I think my personality type doesn't read anxious. Um, and often I'm not, which might just, it's honestly usually just an overconfidence in myself and my own competence. But I've had to work backwards to identify anxiety. And what I mean is like, so I had a conversation with my pastor and he wanted to talk about uh, my work ethic. And he was saying, you just seem like someone who, if you have a goal, you accomplish it and you accomplish it well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I think to a certain degree, my work ethic was uh, modeled to me by my mother. She just was she just was a, there is no excuses, like, why are you afraid? Get over that and mm-hmm. do what you got to do kind of person. But there's another side where my work ethic is motivated by fear. And so it's like, I have to work hard and I have to be consistent and I have to accomplish this goal because if I don't, everything else will fail. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've started to identify when I'm anxious by actually interrogating the reason I'm working so hard. You get what I'm saying? So when I start to like look at my calendar and strategize and start to think of all these ways and somebody could be thinking, oh, she's like dope. Like she, right. she's like planning out the year and thinking of all these poems and mm-hmm. books and all these things to write. But it's like, no, because you're not huh. doing it out of a place of rest. Mm, yeah. And that's yeah. the difference. You're that's doing good. it out of a place of fear yeah. where you feel like you have to plan out your life in such a way where you feel secure. Yeah. And so now you need to go back and say, okay, God, I'm afraid of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Please help me to accomplish all of these goals out of a place of worship mm. and not of like, you know, trying to control everything. That's that's exactly the word control. Yeah. I was like, you've really hit at the root of it, I yeah. think. I think most of my anxiety flows from my desire to control or make sure, not control in a heavy-handed way, yeah. but just to make sure... I've done everything right mm-hmm. or I've, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, in, in some sense, but I do think that's a really good point. That it's, it's a manipulative way to try to get peace. Right. 
Yeah. You know, we, we we want control because we want to have some sense of security. And God just doesn't want us to function that way because mm. he knows it's actually impossible. Right. He's like, no, I, peace is in my hand. Like, mm-hmm. there is no, there's literally nothing you can do. I mean, you can have, like, you know, some temporal peace. Like, yeah. For a couple hours or right. whatnot, but that won't like keep you. We need some internal stuff over right. here. Because then it's going to be on that hamster wheel, just like chasing after which that. Is, yeah. Which is like the world mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the pandemic. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking. That's, just, like, that's everybody. Then a pandemic hits and all that calendar planning yep. gets shuffled. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think we're seeing a huge rise of anxiety mm-hmm. oh, during yeah. this. Will I get it? But not just that. Can I plan for next week? Can yeah. I, are right. my kids going to school? Is this all going to change? Yeah. And we're not used to having to live that way. Yeah. Which, which is understandable in a sense because... The thing about faith is we're trusting an invisible God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like our jobs and money and doctors and all that, those are tangible things that I can see, mm-hmm. touch. But then, like God says, trust me. And it's like, I don't see you. And so there really is an element of faith that feels scary right. because mm-hmm. I can't. You don't, I don't even have a hymn to really hold. I'm supposed to hold this thing by faith, you yeah. know? And so I get it. I really do. Yeah. Just trusting that that comes from the Lord is hard because we are taught to trust what we can see. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, can you not see all the blessings that he's already given you? And Come like, on. Yeah, but I want to see, I don't know. It's never enough for me. I'm a sinner. Because <laughs> <laughs> even as I'm saying that, I'm like, that's how, how like ungrateful to be like, we trust that we can see and we can't see God. And it's like. Yeah, we always want his? signs. Yeah. Like Israel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, the sign I gave you is the resurrection. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, God. And it is like Israel. Totally. Just. I'm going to just part the Red Sea for you. And by the time you walk to the other side of it, you're going to be like, y'all just going to let us starve? <laughs> like the sea just like stood up next to you. Yeah. And you're like, I'm hungry. I just yeah. want to go back to Egypt. And then you get manna and you're like, and where's the water? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of Where's it. the meat? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's... <sighs> and it's us. Like the whole time I'm reading it, the older I get, the more I see myself. Yeah. Because definitely as a young person, I was like, Israel, man. Yeah, they just... Y'all tripping. So inconsistent. Like, oh, God. All he does for you? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I look at the crucified Christ, and yeah. I'm like, could I have a little more? <laughs> just, I just need to know that you're, you mean it, yeah. that you're in it. I remember when I was dating Philip, um, I had... So I only dated three people before I got married. And I got dumped twice. And so my third relationship, I was like... Did that make you anxious? Yes. Oh. I was like, Philip, so hard. Our very first conversation, I was like, Philip, when you feel tired of me, <laughs> because you will get tired of me, mm-hmm. because two whole men, which is a lot, which is not a lot, have <laughs> gotten tired of me. So when you get tired of me, just say, we need to talk. But then can I dump you? Because I am not going to get in this relationship unless I can dump you. Okay. And he was like, Sure. Yeah, we only dated for three, two months before we got engaged. I dumped Philip like five times because he'd be in like, this Jasmine, two yes, because he'd be like, Jasmine, <laughs> we need, you know, let's have a conversation. Um, and I'd be like, well, it's over then. And he was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> just, no, it's not over. I just was gonna say that we need to talk about this. I was, oh, okay, or like, oh, Jazz, you know, I really didn't appreciate the way that you approached. Well, it's over then. He was like, that's, I'm not. <laughs> 
I'm not dumping you. Oh, I'm just. God for Philip's patience. <laughs> just was like his confidence because he was like, "It's fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be." He was like, "Let's just let's." He still proposed to me. I don't know. I we're gonna talk. We're gonna get him looked at because. The more I think back, the more I'm like, Are you ever like, here's the ring back. Here's the ring back. Oh, yeah, I totally did. I was, we were engaged, and we had a huge fight. And I was like, I just, just, it's just, we're done. And he was like, I, okay. And he hung up the phone, and I walked into the other room. My dad was in the living room. Like, from my dad's office. I was in my dad's office talking to Philip. I walked into the living room, and my dad was like, what did you do to Philip? And I was like, I just, what? And he was like, he just texted me. What happened? And I told him, and, and he, we talked. And then I went to the bedroom to talk to my mom. And she was like, what did you do with Philip? And I was like, what are you talking? She was like, I just got off the phone with him. <laughs> they know their daughter. They knew uh-huh. their daughter. They, they did. And they got their little basket case married. Look at that. that. That made me think of a question, though. Because I think me and Philip, or what I know of Philip, uh, we seem similar mm-hmm. in that, you know, we just don't get stressed about stuff. You yep. know, we just kind of yeah, we're gonna do it and mm-hmm. it is what it is but I think as a spouse and as a friend that can make you very uh unempathetic mm-hmm. and so I, I guess my question would be how does a, a friend or a sister or a family member walk alongside people who struggle with fear and anxiety in ways that they don't like what mm-hmm. yeah yeah what counsel would y'all offer for that I'll say what happened to me on that stage in some ways was a gift because I've actually never been a very anxious person. Yeah. I used to be like, Mom, why are you so worried? It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of, all, I, I really can't say I've had much anxiety in my life. Yeah. Like, I just, I was like, well, I'll go to that school. I'll major in that subject. Mm-hmm. I'll, yeah. What, yeah, I just kind of went through life, mm-hmm. and I'm not typically a worrier. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can even talk myself out of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, everybody has the instance of, huh, he's an hour late home for dinner. Yeah. Is he dead? Is he on the yeah, right. sidewalk? And then you slowly start planning a funeral, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, that's, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, I can cut it off. I can see that's not mm-hmm. very rational. Yeah. Or even on a plane, when I feel the bumps, yep. I can be like, okay, I'm more likely to die in my car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can normally out-argue my anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the gift of kind of going through something mm-hmm. that I couldn't out-argue was I have a lot more sympathy. Yeah. I think I used to deal with friends or, or even my husband, because he would be the more, yeah, I think every pair has a more anxious yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's the one, you know, I told y'all in the pandemic, he bought the, the, the mask the yep. and he had the wipes and I'm like laughing at him. And I, you know, every couple has mm-hmm. the person who I think carries the load for the family. The Randall from the, this is us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I tell Perfect. him he's Randall. Yep. And you know, and I, it gave me a lot more sympathy of the weight that is to carry. Mm-hmm. I think before I thought it was something, why don't you just talk yourself out of it? Yeah. You know, and I think it, it was really good for me to see, oh, this is a burden. Mm-hmm. And I pray more for my friends who are struggling mm-hmm. rather than, I think there's a real temptation. Oh, I can talk Jasmine out of her fears. Right. No, there is. You know, I'm just going to quote a bunch of scriptures yeah. and that'd be mm-hmm. that. Yeah, rather than actually realize, I need to pray for my friend. Mm. This is a spiritual battle right. in her mind. Because it's like, you know, I for me, I know that I'm being unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have to convince me. Yeah. But I feel but what I feel. But you're feeling it. Mm. Yeah. Right, I'm feeling it. Like, even, you know, 
I will I will talk myself out of things and I'll be like, but you're just talking yourself out of it though. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you gonna look stupid when it actually is true when this plane really does go down? When your the pandemic spot, really you does hit. Yeah, you weren't prepared. You gotta prepare yourself if I should die before I wake. <laughs> well, because that's the problem for anxious people. Yes. Certain things really do happen. But they do. And then they feel more reinforced I, in their worry. We we got married in October we got married October fourth. And by Thanksgiving, we had found out we were pregnant with our first baby. And I was so anxious the whole time. Mm-hmm. And everybody kept saying, miscarriages don't run in our family. Like, you're, you're healthy. Baby's got a strong heartbeat. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Miscarriage. I had a miscarriage. Aww. And it felt like, see? Yeah. yeah. But, but when you're an anxious person, everything is proof, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, see, the worst thing does happen. Mm-hmm. See? See? And so hardwired to look at the hard things as inevitable instead of looking at grace as inevitable. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I have to like rework my brain and it does help to have friends who are doing that. But the way I have found, and Philip is really good at it um, because he naturally is a fixer. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't need to be anxious. Like he, his mom is sick right now and we are so worried about her. And we talked to her. She sounded bad. And I was like, I'm just really worried. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I'm, I can't think about that right now. We're just going to have to wait and see what the doctor says. Yeah. And then he's not going to think about it. Yeah. That's yeah. totally me. I'm yeah. like, how are you not thinking yeah. about it? He's like, I'm just not going to think about it. And so for me, I find, because some people, people want different things. Some people just want you to be like, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get that you hear me. Obviously, I'm talking. What are you <laughs> going to say? <laughs> So what Philip will do is he'll, for instance, right now I'm in a season where I have a lot of stuff going on, to say the least. And three books. <laughs> three books. Three books. Insanity. <laughs> and four classes that I'm teaching and two children. So it's just, you know, it's And crazy. it's going to go well. It's crazy. It's going to go well. But what Philip, what Philip said that really helped me was he was like, it's just a season. This is a season. This is a window of time. We will not plan another window of time like this. You will get through this window, and then you will get on to the next thing, which was so helpful because it wasn't like, it's not that hard. People are dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, no, I understand that people, I understand that, and that's really bad for them. And if I were them, I would feel bad for that. But right now, I feel bad for this. Yeah. Um, but it also wasn't just like, I hear you. Wow. That does sound hard, which some people want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know that it's hard. You don't have to tell me it's hard. Yeah. But he was just like, there's, this, is a, this is a window of time. So I hear you. And also there's hope mm. in the future. And so pointing to hope, pointing to joy, pointing to those glimpses is really helpful for me. And when it comes to verses that help with anxiety, you know, oftentimes people say, you know, cast your cares in the Lord. Do not be anxious. Those are the ones. I always go to Psalm 16, in your presence is fullness mm. of joy at your right hand or mm. treasures forevermore. Because the opposite of anxiety for me is joy, mm. is just that feeling of joy in Christ and the knowledge that he has what's best, that he knows what's best. And in his presence, you experience the fullness of that. And so my prayer when I'm feeling anxious it's always just like, bring me closer to your presence. Like, bring mm-hmm. me into your presence because I know that this anxiety can't exist there. And everybody, you know, everybody's different. But that's, that's been a really helpful piece of the puzzle for me. That's very helpful. One thing that's helped me is actually, you know, we hear Paul talk about how he's learned to be content in every circumstance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we think he was this model of just peace. But mm-hmm. even this morning when I was reading, um, he was talking about how he daily bears the burden of all the churches. He listed it in this mm-hmm. whole, like, I've been beaten, I've been, 
shipwrecked. I've been all, you know, all these horrible things. And then at the end, he says, and daily I bear the burden of the church. Like he felt in some sense, you know, and he, and there's another verse where he says, fear without anxiety within, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's still in the midst of being content in all circumstances, dealt with living in a real fallen world where bad things really do mm-hmm. happen. But for me, with some of the speaking things, one thing that really helped me is when I read, it's 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, and it says, when I came to you, I didn't come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And this is another blessing. I pray a lot more now yeah. when I speak than mm. I used to. Mm. And so I think sometimes this weakness mm-hmm. we feel is meant to drive us to prayerfulness when we might rely on ourselves For sure. and not on God. Mm-hmm. And so it, it helped me see, oh, I can't get by on my own communication skills. Yeah. And I, I really, I sit before the Lord and I have to say, what if it happens again? Yeah. What if I'm up there and I'm trembling again? And I, I have to hear kind of, you know, that the spirit say to me, you'll survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. Yeah. And you walk forward in faith, but it makes going, you know, I, th- I think one thing, if it's, if it's prohibiting us from living the life God's called us mm-hmm. to, we have to battle. Hmm. And we have to say, I go in faith. Hmm. This might be terrible. It might go badly, but I trust you. But I do think it makes us more prayerful. It does. Yeah, because I think some anxieties, or at least for me, can uh, make me more sinful, if that makes sense. Uh, Even circling back to the social anxiety, um, I think for a really long time, and it's still something I deal with, for a really long time, not being uh, fond of being around strangers made me mean, mm-hmm. you know, because they're exhausting and I don't want to talk to you. And so because of it, the best way to get you away from me is to just be mean to you. And yeah. I would do that all the time. That was just the way I coped. But now I realize that my introversion or my anxieties are never an excuse to dishonor God mm-hmm. and my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so now it put I, like I always have to ask God before I do anything publicly. Lord, give me kindness. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me like grace. Give me the capacity um, and even the stamina to be able to be what I need to be for the people that I meet. And He's He's really been gracious. Mm-hmm. I think I've been pretty nice <laughs> to people. <laughs> you know, like I have grown. And so, I, yeah, to your point, it just. But I think there's a self-awareness that has to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of it mm-hmm. first to then be able to present it to God. True. Um, but also trusting, like, he's he's going to show up. He like, is. He really is faithful in that way. Yeah, and the sinful choice would be to say, I'm just not going to go to social things. Yeah. Or, like, mm-hmm. when you I picture I'm you isolate. standing in front of the schoolroom crying, just saying, I'm not coming back. And so we need people who won't let us live in our fear. For yeah. sure. You know what's crazy, though, is that Autumn, my two-year-old, she has that anxiety and the first time i saw it was uh thanksgiving we had went to preston's uh sister's house and you know she's around all these people that Mm -hmm. she just has never seen before and she started shaking and i was like i passed it on like but it to me preston was like oh that's 
He's like, also like your meanness and your like fearfulness <laughs> of people. He was like, that's actually like in your like blood. And I, I didn't, I don't know, seeing how she responded yeah. to people showed me that like what I deal with is like natural to me. But mm-hmm. I'm also grateful that as her mother, I now have the ability to prep her. Yeah. So when it comes to her third grade year, mm-hmm. I can already foresee it and say, you know what? You're about to go into a space that's very scary and very weird mm-hmm. and very strange, but you will be okay. Yeah. And so I think that's cool mm-hmm. that as a parent, like what God has taught me, I'm going to be able to like help my children with. Yeah, that's oh. when. When gets very nervous. He told me. Oh, I just feel so nervous. I'm like I know, buddy. We may feel nervous. We may. You may. You may always feel nervous. Yeah. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. God's still God. I, I love what both those stories. You're sympathetic. Yes. Because you you see it in yourself, mm-hmm. and I think of how it talks about Jesus, who sympathizes with us in our weakness, mm-hmm. because he's been tempted in every way, but without sin. Mm. But he's felt it, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes I think with things like anxiety and fear and depression, maybe because there's shame mm-hmm. in our culture mm-hmm. around feeling those things, like, oh, you're not supposed to. Right. Yeah. We almost then don't feel like we can take them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Whereas he's like, no, I'm sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I'm the parent yeah. who understands. Yeah, if you read I, the Psalms, it's clear that God wants us to, yeah. to be honest in that way. Yeah, cast all of our burdens mm-hmm. and that, you know, he's not going to turn us away mm-hmm. because we're fearful and scared. What mm-hmm. he says to all of our fears over and over and over in scripture is, I am with you. Mm-hmm. He actually doesn't say there's nothing to fear. Yeah. Right. Even he, in Titus, doesn't it say, don't fear what is fearful? Yeah. Which is an Which acknowledgement that, it's that the thing is scary. Mm-hmm. Yes. He just say, I know it's scary, but yes. don't be scared of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I think one of the things, you know, when a child comes in the bedroom crying at night, Normally, what they just want is our presence. I mm-hmm. used to go climb into bed with my three-year-old when she was little. You know, I, I remember crawling into bed with her. I couldn't fight the monsters that weren't there under mm-hmm. the bed, but I could say, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think one thing we can say to all of our fears and anxieties is the Lord is there, and He's with me, and He... He's not bothered by my fear and my anxiety. Mm-hmm. He wants to comfort them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think if I can remember, he's not up there with a lightning bolt, yep. so disappointed that I'm fearful again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's inviting me into his presence he's and a saying, father. I've got this. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, guys, on that note, it's a beautiful way to end the conversation. You're a good ender. You are a good ender. It's <laughs> you. Bring it on home. Come on. Conclusion. Um, okay. So now we're going to talk about our favorite things. And today, I want to know, if time was not a factor, what would be your preferred mode of travel? If time was not a factor. I was about to say rocket, but that's based on time. (laughs) Planes. Uh, Look, trains, I know the time. It it takes too long, okay? Uh, boats, I'm all right on being on the water and the waves, and I get nauseous and it gets on my nerves. Mm. Road trip, that's a lot of time with people. I'm sorry, God is working on me, it's but that's it is a lot of time. It's bikes, I don't want my my calves that strong. I'm all right. <laughs> so plane, so I didn't follow. When the, a plane, you have I didn't follow the like, rules. Giving you a make time not a factor. It is a it time is and a comfort factor. is a thing and amenities. I, I think. Um, if I, I don't like to travel, if I can't walk there, I don't want to go. Hmm. And if time is not a factor, do you mean the time space continuum is not a factor? Because if that's true, blink and teleport wherever mm-hmm. I should be. <laughs> that's how I'm going to interpret that question. 
I would completely bike. I love it. We lived, when we lived in Cambridge, England, it's a biking city. And that's how we got around. And I, I just think I noticed things I didn't notice. If that's time sweet. was not a factor, <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> if muscle pain was not a factor. You know, I just, I, I came back to the States and I was like, I bought a bike and I was all excited. We are not set up for bikes. I was going to no. get myself killed on I the see road. The <laughs> but it was, yeah. I really loved it. And I would have all my kids riding behind. I had a two-year-old at the time, and she was on my bike. Mm-hmm. And my other kids were like little ducklings Aww. following behind. And I was like, this is so nice. But it doesn't work in the States very well. Mm. No, so. it doesn't. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk. Next week's episode will be a conversation on people-pleasing. You mentioned that. So this is going to be all you, Melissa. You can subscribe to Let's Talk through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Check out other shows from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network at tgc.org forward slash podcast. The Gospel Coalition supports the church in making disciples of all nations by providing resources that are trusted and timely, winsome and wise, and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ.